Yeah, pretty much my w- message is over in worship because I'll tell you the three things I have. I only have three things, really. Rivers of living water, so they said rivers of God. Then there's restoration, which quote said restoration. And then new thing. Yeah. yeah. We're done. <laughs> yeah. So it's, to, to me, I was just trying to figure out, you know, God, means what God is doing, right? You have to have this thing. Means we can preach and all that, but we have to have a prophetic outlook of what God wants or where God wants to take us, how he wants to lead us. And I just felt this thing. It's that there's a deeper consecration coming to the church, a deeper level of consecration. But it felt it was in the river. Now, how do you do consecration in the river? Right? And to most people who don't know, I'm more of a river person. Okay. So my background is just wild, whatever move of God, messier the better, most not in tissues, we're good. It's just that's my background. So for, to me, the river of God was I always called myself, I'm a river person. You know, everybody has, I'm the word of faith person, I'm this person, that person. To me, I'm just the river of God because I think I like that fluidity of the river. I like that theming and throbbing of life. I like the river is never stuck, you know. (laughs) One of my prophetic words is like, yeah, once you get a church and you set up a church, in three years then you'll move on and then you'll start the next one because that's not your style, staying in one place at a time. And I started laughing. (laughs) I was like, that's so cool. Like, you know, just set it up and go (laughs) figure it out. But I, I read a title of a book. And it's from Kevin Zadai. If you don't know who this man is, you can go look him up. Uh, have you been to the altar lately? Now, there's two ways to look at this title, right? Because one way is like, do you have sin? Do you need to come repent? And do you need to get your life right with God? The second way to look at this title is, are you having a regular transaction with God? See, where we are, we have come to that point where you can't have a weekly transaction with God. You'd have to have a daily transaction with God. Where your fears, the things that bog you down, you have to be ready to lay down and give it to him and take on what he's giving you. My peace I give unto you. Not like the world can give. You see, on a daily basis, because what happens when you have this taste that, oh yeah, God is like this, but really I don't have the real essence of it. I don't carry that peace on a daily level. And it only comes from a daily transactional relationship with him. You see, so we have to come to that place. And so I believe this. What is God doing in the epicenter? God wants us to get deeper in the river. I think John said it. I have not gone back to his message. But last year he said, sometimes we are so... holding on to things which are familiar, that we're not ready to go deeper into the river. And for the longest time, we wait for the river to come to us. Do you see what this is? When you go to the parks and when you go to these water parks, you don't wait for that water to come and splash on you. 
right? You run in that line, you try to jump off that fountain water into that pool, you go to it. This is where the difference is. For the long time, we have thought the church, just sit here in your seat a little longer, the river will come and touch you. And yeah, there's one, one more movements of God where like suddenly everybody's just slain in the spirit of God. But we have to have this thing. So why I say I'm a river person, we were trained like this. If there's an altar call, you have to be here. I'm not going to be to the side. I'm not going to be by the speaker. I'm going to be front and center in front of the man of God who's basically giving the altar call. I want to be in the depth of the river. I had no other thing. I had no other understanding. And I'll tell you a funny story. I was visiting America for the first time in 2000, and I snuck into a pastor's conference. <laughs> I, I asked them permission, but I was not a pastor, but T.D. Jakes and all were having, and my training was in Dallas. So I was in, in Dallas for this thing, and so, you know, Potter's House, you watch it on TV. I was, in, I was living in Kuwait at that point, and I snuck into this conference, and my mom said, you're going to meet Bishop Jakes. And I was like, yeah, and 2,000 other people, right? <laughs> because there were so many people. And, and so anyway, I went over there, and he comes down my line, and he literally picks the guy next to me. And I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> this is not happening. No, 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 no. I didn't come 3,000 miles that you picked that guy next to me. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> You got to understand, I come from that, that is my this thing. Like, you want double dip? I'll go double dip, I'll go four dips. I'll go again and again and again. Till you say we are closing the door, get out. Like, you know, that is me. Okay? So, and, and, that, and I don't, I'm not ashamed of it really. Some people feel ashamed. You know, but when you're just like, you know, just saying, hey, even undignified than this. What does that cost? How does that look, Right? Because to some people, raising their hands is being undignified. But hey, this is what we do, right? And, and so, I, so that evening, it troubled me so much. It troubled me that I missed that moment. Like, it's, it was my Kairos moment, right? <laughs> you you got to understand, I was listening to a tape. You know, how many, how many of you remember tapes, right? And so, yeah, so I had, I had just got this tape from Bob Shadows. And Bob Shadows was this guy who walked in where the, just the gold dust fell over him. Airplanes got this thing saved. He would stand in like, the, you know, before you enter the plane, that area, the waiting area. And he would basically say, somebody grabbed me. And he was a cop. And when the glory came, basically he would start talking about Jesus. And people would just get saved. You see, and this is, this is the person who says this thing saying, Bishop Jake's aunt lived with Smith Wigglesworth. I don't know if you know this. Yeah. So Bishop Jake's aunt lived with Smith Wigglesworth, and he basically was saying that. And I, he's like, hey, that's the anointing on this. So you, you know the setup and frame of mind I'm in now. I was like, that's what I want. <laughs> hey, if you don't ask, you don't get. Right? So, so I, I need you to understand this. I, I'm kind of creating a thing. So, so the next day, Bishop Jake says, God told me to call seven people in front and anoint them. This is a pastor's conference. Okay, I don't even have a badge. 
Okay, they just let me in saying, hey, he's come from the Middle East. Be blessed, brother, you know. You know. So find your seat wherever and all. So, so he said that, and I don't know what happened in me. Like, everything in me turned. You, how many of you have seen Potter's House even on TV? Okay, I walked from the right-hand side all the way across, and you know, Sarita Jake sits up here. The anointing table is down here. I walked literally what, 100 yards or 50 yards across this auditorium, and not one of those big bouncers and all security guys even touched me. So now they're in, they're, they don't know what to do. I'm standing down here, and you know, Bishop's up here, and literally I'm facing the people who are sitting on the side of the stage. And I'm just going off in tongues. I'm just, I said, uh-uh, I'm here, I'm here. So he's picking people. And he's picked one, he picked second, you know. And I think the third or the fourth person he picked, he came to me and said, I walked straight in that center. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is history, but this is how we, our mental makeup is, everything that we are taught. We have to come with that, saying, hey, I'm not going to miss, I'm not going to go one step to the left, one step to the right. I'm going to be in that center, in the central will of God. Okay. So what is funny is that <laughs> when he prayed for me, I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> okay? Now you're thinking this is like, you know, the Kairos moment. This is where everything is going to happen. Your life is going to change. Your ministry is going to change. Everything is good. You know, God's going to meet you at that point of faith. And I just knelt on my feet and I just started thanking God that God... I believe by faith I received it. And I just enjoying that all these miles I flew that you honored my request. You see, God honors our request. He listens to our prayers. We don't have to have this big, like, you know, whatever you want to do, like a circus or whatever. But you can just make a thing and God will answer you. But so I'm down on my knees and suddenly I just hear this, pick him up. And like a rag doll, these guys pick me up. Okay, I'm a, not a tiny guy. Okay, If you picked a tiny guy, that's a different thing. These guys are like six, seven and bigger. And they just picked me up like I was a piece of cloth. And I just basically stood up. And he, he's, this is what he said, fire in your bones. <laughs> For three days, I was a mess. I sat in a bathtub. I didn't even sleep in my bed. My clothes just carried the presence of God. I don't know the rest of the service. I literally started crawling out at the service end because I, I didn't have a car. I had to call a cab. I didn't even have coins to call a cab, so I asked somebody, begged somebody. The Albanian driver taking me is telling me stories, but I'm just in this anointing. And the rest of the weekend, I just sat in a bathtub because I didn't want to take a bath. I just stayed in that anointing. Till today, if you touch those clothes, if you're sick, you're healed. Why am I saying this? I, I didn't even think about this until I just came in. I said in the center of it, I just told you that story. But that is how the river is. Wherever the river goes, yeah, there's good stuff on the side. But God wants us, the invitation is to come deeper. It's to come deeper. Out of the throne room of God flows the river. Right? That's what Pastor Lina was saying. And wherever the river goes, 
whatever the river touches, it brings it to life. You see, what happens is sometimes, it means I'm a geologist, if you don't know, and court thought I was going crazy because I started looking at these oxbow lakes. How many know what oxbow lakes are? So it's basically the river runs around, and then the edges of the, uh, it starts cutting on the inside, and it just forms a lake on one side, but the river decides to go this way. So there's a little lake formed over there. Sometimes Christianity is like that. You were once in the river, and at one point you stayed in there. There's water in that lake. There's fish in that lake, you know, but it's not fresh. You've stayed in that old revelation. You have stayed in that old part of it, but you have got disconnected from the river of God, and the river of God has moved on, but you decided to stay in that limitation because you love that, and you're still playing in that. Tie for you, I believe there's a second wind of God coming for you. I just believe the second time around it is coming. So get ready. I do not know. Don't, it's like you have to let go of everything you know. It, it is going to just be something way different. And I, I just believe because I've seen God's face when you were standing here. I've seen God's face come before you, and that's it. When you see his face, you're just going to... It, it will burn everything of the past, pain, hurt, everything, every disappointment, every even old dream, it will burn, but he will put something new, I feel, in you. And that's what I believe. It's, it, it, it was funny because he said, second time I'm coming around for Thai. And I do not know your history or whatever. But in this river... Last week, Paul said this one thing, or not last week, Wednesday. You'll need to come on Wednesday. Hey, right? If we are all going in this river, if we all have to figure out how we're going to minister, what we're going to do, you need to come on Wednesday. You know, it's not like something like, oh, you have to take notes and all. Court takes all my notes. <laughs> I just listen. You know, but you'll at least gain 10% by listening the first time. You see, that's, that's my way. But Paul said this one thing, is John 7, 37 to 38. Then on the most important day of the feast, the last day, Jesus stood and shouted out to the crowds. Can you imagine Jesus shouting out? He was not like, psst, psst. he was not trying that. He was shouting out to the crowds. All you thirsty ones, come to me. Come to me and drink. Believe in me so that the rivers of living waters will burst out from within you, flowing from your innermost, just like the scriptures say. If Jesus is shouting it out, how many of you thought Jesus shouts? Or you all only thought he was shh. Don't make I grew up Catholic, so I can say that. Like, you know, we don't shout and all in church. Yeah. <laughs> During communion, when I would put my hands out, people thought I had lost it. Now, you've got to understand, I was coming drunk to church at 5 a.m. in the morning. Because if I couldn't go home if I didn't go to church. That was the rule laid down by my grandmom. But when that bell rang, that transfiguration, you know, for the communion, for the host to be lifted, in that instance, I would be made sober. The power of God was able to touch me. And the reality of it is because I didn't have the facade of I had to be so good because I was already drunk, I just put my hands out and I just received it. It was just so simple. A natural person just receives things simply. We don't need all these rules and regulations and everything to just receive from God. He's that simple. 
You see, he's just believe in me. This is what the word says. Believe in me so that the rivers of living water will burst out from within you. You know what's funny? That last day I read of it. And it, what is the last day? It's the, so the Feast of Tab- Tabernacles, right? So the seventh day of that, it says it's the last great day. On this day, a joyous festival called the water pouring ceremony where the Jews prayed for rain for the upcoming harvest or the upcoming agricultural season resulting in a bountiful harvest. As a church, as a global body of Christ, we are at a point where there is a great awakening going to happen. We've been praying for rain. We've been praying for a saturation or a move of the Spirit of God. We've been praying for something called revival. The saturation has to come go to a global level where there's big people getting saved everywhere. That We're praying for that rain. So when you're praying over here, you're also praying for people over there, but in the Spirit... Because if you give yourself words and you just have those little words, that's it. But when you're praying in the Spirit, the Spirit expands to the level where He wants to pick up whatever and pray through you. You see, one of the beauties of worship is you're worshiping unto Him. You see, now, I don't hate these songs. Please, don't get me wrong. But when some of these songs make us feel that God is on our side, we feel happy, and we are cheering on, our praises are loud, and we are this thing. But when you really think the essence of worshiping Him, what is it to minister to Jesus? For a moment today, I stepped back and I said, Jesus, how do I minister to you? In that moment, we are asking God, how are we connecting with you? to what you want us to, without figuring out what we have to minister out to people. Do you see? so, So the Spirit of God is that who will teach us these things. Jesus went because he said, I will send you the Spirit. You see? And he will teach you all these things. The Holy Spirit is preparing the bride since 2,000 years to bring us to that culmination of where we will meet him face to face where the bride of Christ will meet the bridegroom and there will be great rejoicing and celebration. And the Holy Spirit, is that's his job. He's preparing us. You know, so, so we need to come to that point. But I believe that the reign of the Holy Spirit for the third awakening is what we're praying. That last day where that's out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. A lot of people, when you say pray for your heart, your spiritual heart is your stomach. Like... So if you, like, you suddenly see me, that why I'm holding my stomach, it's not that I'm worried about, oh, my stomach or something. That is where the real spiritual me is. Out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water. I speak to that fountain. Come forth. Come forth. We have to have our own language. You see, a long time we're basically taking on language, and we say this is what we have to say and all. But you have to develop your own language because this is your daily relational with, relation with God. And he'll basically say, hey, this or that, right? Let me go on to this part of, go to Revelation 22.1. So I want to come to this point of restoration, where what quote was saying. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life flowing with water clear as crystal, continuously pouring out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. The river was flowing in the middle of the street of the city, and on either side of the river was the tree of life with its twelve kinds of ripe fruit according to each month of the year. The leaves of the tree of life are the healing of the nations, 
and every curse shall be broken and no longer exist for the throne of God and this lamb will be there in this city. You know what's the first thing that really should pop up to this more than the healing of the nations? That God is in the city. What has happened in our lives? What has happened in our cities? What has happened in our nations? We have taken God out. For a restoration to happen to biblical principle, the God has to be enthroned of the city, of the nation. You see, and how is that? By the river of God. The river will flow in the middle of the city. You are a city on a hill. Say that. I am a city. And the river of God will flow in the middle of me and will carry healing unto the nations. That's how simple it is. Why I said Revelation? Revelation 22, end of the Bible, is showing you that this was what was the first part where the river was in Genesis 2. And we basically have gone all through this time Jesus came, Jesus died, gave us the Holy Spirit, and he said, this Holy Spirit is what is going to restore you to the former glory. We're going to go from that point where we have just met the Holy Spirit. How many of you all speak in tongues? Please. Like, okay. So the rest of you who don't speak in tongues, the reason why this is important, because Jesus said that I give you the Holy Spirit. You see, we need to move in the Holy Spirit because that's, Literally, our language. That is who, like, if I don't know how to pray, I just speak in tongues. You see, to me, the way I learned was when you brush your teeth, you can speak in tongues. When you're sitting in your car and you're driving, you can speak in tongues. I used to sit in public transport and I used to speak in tongues. And you can do that under your breath, whichever way you want it. You know, some people say you can think it. I'm not a proponent of that. I'm more like, just make that sound. Make that sound. Release that sound. Oh, but I believe that every curse will be broken, for God is in this city. So, Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus, O oh God. And we say, God, Jesus, you are the Lord of our cities, O oh God. You are the Lord of the nation of America, O oh God. You are the Lord of the nations, O oh God. And every curse with this virus, oh God, we come against it in the name of Jesus, oh and we break it. We break it. We break it because you are the God of the city. You're the God of the cities. You're the God of the nations. And there will be healing to the nations. So even from this place, we release healing unto the nations all 12 months of the year. Every month of the year, they'll have fruit. They'll have fruit. They'll have healing even unto the nations in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Ezekiel 4, uh, 47, 9 says, Wherever the double river shall go, every living thing which swarms shall live, and there will be a great number of fish, because these waters go there, that the waters of the sea, so salty water, may be healed and made fresh, and everything shall live wherever the river goes. Like w one of the thoughts I had, right? John is right now in war is Mexico. So if I speak in tongues over here, I'm saying, Holy Spirit, you can minister to them over there. Now, I don't have the, what do you say, postage stamp that says, delivered in war is Mexico, but the intent of your heart, God knows. 
And when you release it, you say, now in Jesus' name, we pray for a fresh outpouring in Juarez, Mexico. We release it. And that's what we do. So this is how we basically are praying. This is what we are given authority to, like, do. You can be sitting at home or you can be sitting doing nothing, really, and you just say, okay, Holy Spirit, I'm just going to speak in tongues. This is where we are basically going. We have to get used to this part of it. If you're not used to this, get used to it. Because this is your language. This is your prayer language. So, so how do we get to this level of consecration? I'm trying to... I have time. I've, funnily, I have a lot of time today. Because I didn't have to do all the explanation in worship about the river of God, the restoration... All that. I just have to go where they went and I have to explain and revisit some of these things. So it's easier. For us, the main thing is to understand how do we come to this level of consecration that the Holy Spirit needs us to be. I had a picture last week, and it's funny, but Ashley's son, right? He holds you at the back and he walks and he wants to go and like, you know, can you picture that? That, you know, a child basically holding the back of the parent's leg and walking. Okay, sometimes we want to be like that to God. We want to be like little children. Matthew, whatever, 19, 14 says, right? Because the kingdom will be as these little kids. And we basically sometimes need to, we just hold on to that and we just hope that we're going in the right direction. You know, because you're little, you can't see the whole world above and you just think, okay, this is it. I just know this, just grip tight. Just hopefully the smell of these pants are basically going to take, you know. And you're just believing in that, right? Because you're not seeing what's the finality of what the Holy Spirit or, you know, what the parent is seeing. The parent is seeing, oh, this kid has to go to school. This kid, oh, we have to do this down the line. We have to buy him a car. But as a kid... You're just happy to be rumbling through life, just holding on to somebody's pen and saying, okay, I want to eat now, I want to do this now, not now, and you know, and so the whole, the, it, it is like that. But I just believe this is a picture of the church. But sometimes the church can let go of the clothing of him. And when the church lets go of the clothing of him, they get lost into the will, the world opinions, they get lost into, you know, what everybody's saying or everybody's doing. They don't know who they are. They don't know who they belong to. You see? Because if I don't hold on to that garment of God, I don't know. And why I say this is because the river of God is the same. The river of God is once you, that river has moved, it has morphed, it has changed, Things have added on. If we're not in that river, we basically really don't know what we believe in because all we experienced was an old move of God. You see, people have lived in an old move of God and they expect that to still continue today. And we have just, and God has just said, hey, to reach the people, I'm going to even use Instagram and TikTok, whatever. But, you know, there are, there are purists who basically say, no, I'm just going to stand on the street corner and preach the word. Perfect. Do it whatever the Spirit of God leads you to do. But wherever the river goes, we need to learn to move with it. So we need to understand this person of the Holy Spirit. We need to come into that relationship with the Holy Spirit, say, 
Holy Spirit, what do I need to do? You see, I heard a funny way of people talking about intercession. It's like, <laughs> how many of you like intercession? Okay, so I grew up in an intercessory church. So, but this person said it very funnily. He said, intercessors come into the room, they remove their shoes, and really first thing you need them to put their shoes back on. <laughs> you know, because they take off their shoes because they're think, thinking they're being holy and they're this thing. And then everything that they have on their hearts, they will pray it loudly. But nobody really asks the Holy Spirit, what do you want us to pray? You see, we have to come to this place where we are like, Holy Spirit, what do you want us to pray? Because, you know, there's a lot of people who prepare, literally some people I know who prepare a couple of weeks to come to prayer because they have this, it has to sound good, it has to this thing, you know. And I just, like, for me it's like this, I don't even know where I'm going to start. And I'll just come here because I have to sense him. And in that pursuit of him, I have to just follow that. So whether I sidestep what sounds eloquent and just go with the simple but stupid thing, I'm okay with that because that is who my Jesus is wanting me to be at that point. You see, you cannot be somebody different who the world wants you to see based on the opinion of that. But when you hold on to him and you know that you belong to whom and he tells you constantly, hey, you're my son. You're able to do these things. You don't feel less than. For the longest time we felt less than or we feel guilty. The current thing is feeling guilty that we don't have a cure for the, these viruses. And, and that's the shame that the world's putting on the church. But you're like, hey, I'm just still going to pray. You know, I, I'm bold enough to believe that God is able to heal this. And that's why I prayed that, because I felt that shift at that moment. is like, hey, break the curse over the city when you bring God into your nation. That's the key. The nations of the world have forgotten that Jesus has to be the Lord of their nations. I'll tell you a funny thing. I, I work for a company that works in Gabon. Gabon had, I think, Gabon, West Africa. It's a French-speaking, small African country. I forget how many million people, three or four million people. They only had nine uh, deaths. And mostly, they don't even want to take the vaccination because they believe that the white man is basically coming after them <laughs> with the vaccination. But think of it. They're not even a Christian nation, I believe. But there's certain countries over there that have decided that they will just say, God, we're turning to you, you see? And I think this is where we have to be. Go to Hebrews 13, 5 to 6. Don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have, for you always have God's presence. One of the funniest things, we always strive to feel that we need to bring God's presence. This is the verse that God is saying, I'm with you always. I will not leave you nor forsake you. You may not feel worthy of it, but I just want to break that over you and say, hey, he's saying, you always have my presence. Without his presence, we can't do anything. You see? Well, hasn't he promised you, I will never leave you, never. 
and I will not loosen my grip on your life. So we can say with great confidence, I know the Lord is for me, and I will be never afraid of what people may do to me. Because of him, your, your whole life is centered on him. It is not about what people, what all, you know. So while you're rumbling through life and you're holding on to your father and you're walking, your father is not letting go of his grip over you. He's holding tight because he knows your precious cargo. He knows that how much he loves you. He's not wanting to just leave you and say, <laughs> sometimes we have thought in the past, okay, I'm guilty of that. It's like, hey, sometimes go make your mistakes and then come back. But God is sometimes not like that. He just cries and he weeps after that, what you, choices we make. It may not be the most perfect choices, but he just stays on that. He says, hey, one day they'll realize how much I love them. You see, and we have to always have that in our hearts because sometimes we are used to, oh, you messed up. Mm -mm. Now go pay your dues and then you come back and then we repent and then we'll figure it out. But the heart of God is like, hey, always welcoming, always ready to run out, always ready to gather you and bring you in. What was funny is that in that, I will not loosen my grip on your life. What if that became our prayer? Grip us tightly, oh God. Like right now we feel that mm, we are loose, we are like that screw on the chair making the noise. And, but what if you tighten us, Lord? Grip us tightly. Because to me, worship is like that. Worship is like there has to be no separation between my face and his face. I don't know whether I can see him clearly, but I want his breath on my mouth. I want to live in the life that is in him. You see, to us, we got to come to that place is that. It's like, you know, when I do this, I think of John Cena. <laughs> because he does that, right? I don't know if you know WWE. It's like, you can't see me. But to me, it is like the presence of God, the face of God looking into me, right? And so I feel like that, that we as a church are going through this time, through the market, and sometimes... We're holding, when we hold on to God's pant or whatever you want to call robe, but his hand is gripping us. Sometimes he picks us up, okay, to show us what's up ahead. To the church, that's prophetic outlook. You see, you're, you're, we think that, oh, we're all grown up and all, but I have news for you. Be like little children. Be able to trust God when you don't see anything, when you can't understand the path forward. Because at the right time, he will pick you up to show you what lies ahead of you. See, we, we, we have to, like as a church body, right, we have to believe in this. Like, I, it's funny, your daughter is missing. But I looked at her and I was like, she knows the peace of God. How does she know? Like, like if I told you the Holy Spirit, right, how would you know that you're hearing the Holy Spirit? It will be with peace, your daughter carries a level of peace, the youngest one, that I have no idea. I don't even know her name. But there was that. And so the question was like, why are you showing me, God, the peace that is on this girl? Because when God starts speaking to you, the quality of what God speaks will carry love, joy, peace. You will know that, that God is speaking to you exactly by that. Does it make sense? Right? Because when you hear things, you're not sure... Am I supposed to do this? 
God, are you in this? What? But when you know that the fruit of it is love, joy, and peace, you can rest in that, that, hey, God is in this and he's speaking to me. And that's how you develop your relationship one step at a time with him. Because right now, if I give you 10 books and I tell you, here, start all this, read all this, and hopefully by the end of it, you'll have questions and you'll be more confused than ever. But what if I told you, just listen to the first thing he says and do it. And how do you know that it is him? You will hear his voice. And I believe that God is going to start speaking to you, man. And he's going to basically start telling you things. But once he tells you, test it by knowing love, joy, peace. What will it cause in your family? What will move in the friends around you? How you will know. And then that voice becomes louder and that becomes more. And then you will... Everything that the enemy tried to tell you over the time will all change because everything was not for the good. You will automatically hear the right voice at the right time. You have the wisdom that God has given you to basically see things and understand things. And God is going to release to you that. But it will start with that first thing. Love, joy, peace. Hold on to what is good. Hold on to what is true. You see, how do you know that? by the reaction of people around you. The love, the joy, peace, whatever you say will cause that. Does it make sense? Okay. Okay. So now in the last five minutes, I can come to the only thing that quote never said. In closing, I want to be the landing strip of the Lord. As a church, when we come into this place, I want to put my hands up and say, God, me, me, me. I want to give him the best perfume. I want to give him the best praise. I want to say, God, not for anyone else, but for me, come into this place. You see, we, we have to come there where we are basically laying our lives down. The two things that attract the presence of God, dead wood and the oil. And that catches fire more. You need to learn to die to things. I know it's not very popular, you know, because everybody's trying to build this mega billion industry. But dying to self is the hallmark of Christianity. This is where you are. And this is where you say, God, now, even now if you want to pour water on this and let it burn, let it burn. Let the fire of God hit this and let it burn. But we have to come with that display of saying, God, I'm nothing but toast. I'm just here, but because of you, I'm here. And I want the fire of God. I want to carry this fire unto the nation. I want to be a spectacle that even the prophets of Baal can look at it and say, oh, we can't do this. Pour water, pour more water, scream more, scream more on your news channels, do whatever you want. But I want that water on the dead wood and let, let the fire of God come. As a church, that's what our preparation is. We're waiting on that moment, that one igniting moment which changes destiny. The river of God is able to do because, hey, it's God. It's not us doing anything. We are ready for a move of God. We were singing that. It's now. So stand with me at your feet right now. We believe, oh God, for this ready now move of God, oh God, where we are not manufacturing anything, oh God, but this is what is written before time, oh God, that the river of God, oh God, will flow, oh God, in and through us, oh God, as a community, as a body, as individuals, oh God, where we will come. And wherever we take this river of God, oh God, in, out of this door, oh God, that there will be manifestations, oh God, there will be even 
conversations, O oh God, where, God, you will intervene, O oh God, and you will meet with people, O oh God. So, Father, we pray, O oh God, even right now, O oh God, for every healing, O oh God. Everyone in the hearing my voice, O oh God, right now, O oh God, because you said, O oh God, healing, O oh God. We release healing, O oh God. Even unto the nations, O oh God. Even to every household, O oh God. Into every place, O oh God. We release the river of life, O oh God. Wherever the river of life goes, O oh God, there is healing. Whatever the river of life touches, O oh God. So even right now, eyes. Eyes, every kind of cataract, every kind of thing, oh God, even right now, oh God, anyone's eyes, oh God, even with that uh, kind of numbers and everything, whatever you can't see, I, right now, the river of God is able to touch it, is able to touch, so we release it right now, in Jesus' name, we release it, oh God, so even right now, every kind of good, I don't know what good is, but good, the word comes good, and so even right now, every kind of indigestion or whatever, acid and acid reflux, oh God, in the name of Jesus, oh God, we release healing, oh God. Where? Because the healing water goes, oh God, it will bring life, oh God. So right now, oh God, just release it. Just release it. Head to toe, oh God. Head to toe, oh God. Any injuries to the back of the brain, any injuries to the back of the brain, oh God, right now, recreation. Recreate, oh God, every wiring, oh God, right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. We release it, oh God, right now. Right now, every hip flexor, everything right now in the name of Jesus, oh God. Be made whole, oh God. Everything right now. So right now, we release that, oh God. We release that, oh God. Just more. Just more. We believe that we carry this, oh God. Because you said your presence will go with us. You will not forsake us, oh God. That we carry this even out of this place, oh God, to everyone who needs it, oh God. So Father, we just bless you. We just bless you. We agree as a church, oh God. The revival is now. We are living in it. This is our time. This is our moment. This is who we are. This is what we are called to be. That praise is us. Praise is what we do. Praise is what we sing. And revival is what we live in because of your presence. And so where the river goes, we go. Where the river goes, we go. In the strength of the river. In the strength of the river. We are not shallow. We are not like little. But we are going with the strength of the river, oh God. And we are saying into that, take us. Take us into the unknown. Take us into the places that we don't know where we have not prepared. Because we believe in you, Holy Spirit. As that little child, oh God. Gripping onto you, knowing very well, oh God. That the Father's delight is over our lives. The Father's delight is over our lives, that he will never forsake us. We believe in it, and we strongly walk in that, in authority, in victory, in dominion and power as little children, because of such is the kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.